Good evening. Our reading this evening is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15, and it can be found on page 1164 of the Church Bibles in front of you. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks, Sue. Um, my name's Stephen. I'm not going to preach for an hour and a half, don't worry. Um, I'm the youth minister here at Rich Harrington Church. Great to see you all here. Um, and my job is to talk about money. Now, now, if you're squirming in your seat right now, then you are probably British. Because um, we British, we, we, we have a fascination and a repulsion with talking about money. Have you noticed this? Like, like, like the Mirror, they did a study of the 20 most um, awkward questions that a British person could ask someone. And here are the top four. Number one, will you go out with me? Like stand, stand the awkward question there. But, but number two, this is interesting, here we go. Can you pay me back, please? Only in England is that a question that you cannot ask anyone else. Like, like there's an unwritten rule. You can't say that. Number three, I love this one. Can you please control your child? Like, so many parents need to hear that question, but it's never asked. Um, and, and then um, number four, um, can I have a pay rise? But um, for those of you who are a bit more sophisticated than the Mirror, The Guardian, they did a study uh, in 2015 of the beliefs and attitudes um, of Britain. Uh, and for 30% of people interviewed, money was the biggest cause of anxiety. Uh, and this has even crept into my family, because my sister, she starts a new job today, or no, um, on Tuesday, and I was asking her the other day, I said, uh, Sarah, so what are you going to earn for your new job? and the look of disgust that crossed her face. Like, I have not seen such a deathly stare in a long time. And then the whole family start getting up on me saying, Stephen, you can't ask her that. That's private. What are you doing? I thought she was my sister. I thought I could ask her anything. <laughs> um, but Jesus, he preached a lot about money. And the Bible talks a lot about money. 
and we're going to look at money and giving tonight. So we're going to have to put our Britishness to one side as we do that, so we can hear what God in his word says to us. So let me pray, and then we'll have a look at what he's saying. Father, thank you so much uh, that you talk about every issue in life. Thank you. You talk about giving and money. Lord, please, would our eyes and our, and our ears be open to hear what you are saying to us tonight. Amen. So we're in 2 Corinthians 9. Keep that open in front of you. Um, but first, let's get a bit of context, because actually, the situation therein is pretty similar to the situation we're in here in Hove, 2017. Because we're here a week before the gift day, um, looking ahead to our big project, the redevelopment of the church hall down the road. And Paul's in the same, same position, actually. Because for Paul, the guy writing the letter in the, in the Bible here, his big project, well, there's a severe famine in Jerusalem. Like Jewish Christians, they are starving and suffering. And he asked the Corinthian church to be generous. And also, we're here third or fourth gift day in, and there might be some weariness setting in. Some, like, some, we're not as excited as we were when we first started. Well, you're not alone. Because have a look at chapter 8, verse 10 to 11. Um, Paul says, last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness may be matched by your completion of it. The, the Corinthian church are a bit battered and a bit weary. Maybe like some of us here. So what what does Paul do? Well, in chapter 9, he gives them an inspirational, motivational speech to inspire generosity. And it's up there with the great speeches of our time, up there with the classics like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, where he says, You may take our lives, but they may never take our freedom. That's my Scottish accent. It's pretty rubbish, I know. But, But that's what Paul's speech is like. It's an inspirational, motivational speech. So let these words inspire you. Let them encourage you. And let them strengthen you. Uh, uh, if you're here as someone investigating the Christian faith or you're a visitor to us, welcome to you. Um, make one, I want to make one thing clear. I'm not asking for your money. It's like the gospel of Jesus Christ is free. If you are investigating or you're not sure where you stand with God, I'm not asking for your money. But do have a listen to what I'm going to say because some of the reasons for generosity for Christians is astounding. Uh, and it is generosity, because generosity isn't just monetary. Yes, giving is being singled out here in 2 Corinthians, but generosity is a whole lifestyle. Being generous with, with our time, with our food, with our love, with our money. And Paul's big headline is Christians give generously. And so we're going to look at the why and then the how. Um, so we'll look at the why first. So why should Christians give generously? Well, the big reason. The, the, the only reason really is there in verse 15. Have a little look at it. Paul says, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And that gift, where well, we have a look at chapter 8, verse 9. Um, it's made abundantly clear what that gift is. And this gift is the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This indescribable gift is Jesus. God has given us Jesus. God has given us his son, Jesus Christ. God has lavishly given us his son, Jesus Christ, to die as a sinner on a cross for us. That is the incredible gift that gets Paul so excited. That is the surpassing grace mentioned in verse 14. The life of God's very own son to rescue us. 
Tim Keller, a Christian legend, said this. He said, Jesus lost all his treasure to make you his treasure. Us, pitifully poor, helpless sinners, scum of the earth, have been freely given life through the generous gift of God's own Son. Whoa. Whoa. See, the first reason to be generous is because of Jesus. Jesus, who, who became poor for you, who gave up everything for you, who died for you. See, God never asks us to do something he hasn't done already. We give generously because God has given freely, abundantly, above and beyond generously to us. And for you here who are thinking and looking into the Christian faith, or visitors here, um, if you have not known the lavish generosity of God before, think about that incredible truth on the screen, that Jesus lost all his treasure and wealth to make you his treasure and abundantly wealthy with eternal life. And if that is you, chat to me afterwards, chat to Dave afterwards, to Tim afterwards. We'd love to tell you more about this stuff. And if you want proof of God's generosity, well, read John's Gospel. Like page after page after page is about God giving, giving, giving. And it's awesome. So the big headline, Christians give generously in the mold of our generous God. And understanding and getting this incredible truth gets rid of all weariness or anxiety with our giving. We're going to watch a little clip from The Office. I love it. Um, a little two-minute clip here. And I'm going to put it on the screen for us. Oh, Dwight. I have a little surprise for you. Let me guess. You ate the bagel I gave you and loved it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to return the favor. I was polishing my loafers and I happened to look over and noticed that your briefcase was a little worse for the wear. So, a little elbow grease and she's polished right up back to her former glory. Oh. Feel it against your cheek. I will. You give me a gift, bam. Thank you, no. You invite me somewhere, pow, RSVP. You do me a favor, wham, favor returned. Do not test my politeness. Let me get that door for you. There we go. Thank you very much. And I got it for you. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Thanks. You know, here's a healthy fitness tip. If you clench your buttocks together while walking, you can really take the pressure off your knees. Is that right? Observe. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> right? That really works. Yeah, feel free to use that yeah. anytime. Okay. Hey, oh, hold on a second. Do not walk around with your jacket, uh, cattywampus. And that needs oh, to be straight as an arrow. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Have a seat. Allow me. Uh, have Thanks. a seat yourself. You know what? I am going to preemptively change the batteries your wireless mouse. Not necessary. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Andy is complicating things, but I'm not worried. This will only up my game. Hello, Scott. Brilliant. Um, I love that. It's a bit of a silly example, but, but generosity inspires more generosity, doesn't it? Like God's grace towards us should reproduce graciousness within us. Christians give generously in the mold of our generous God, and it's there in verse 10. Um, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. See, God isn't just generous generous with Jesus. He doesn't just give us his son. He gives us every good thing we have on this earth. He's generous with with food, with family, with with, with homes, with, with cars, with phones, with all that stuff, and even life itself. God is abundantly generous. Everything we have is a gift coming from God. 
so we give to God his own back. Christians give generously in the mould of our generous God. That's the biggie. So write that down. Scribe that in your Bible. Write that on your service sheet. Whatever you need to do to remember that, that's the big one. And Paul goes through listing some other reasons why we should give. And these were minor compared to that big headline. Have a look at verse 6 with me. Verse 6 says, um, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, that's obvious farming 101 right there. Like, like apparently, it's now's the time to put your shallots, shallots in. Um, it's good, good shallot weather, apparently. So put, put them in. But you, like, you don't put one shallot in. Like, that's ridiculous. You're going to get one back. Like, that's nothing. You put loads and loads in, so you get loads and loads back. That's obvious, isn't it? You want a big harvest. You want to be eating onions all day long. And, 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 and Paul here, in verse 6, is redefining our view of giving. Because when we give, we often think that it's a loss. That it's a loss of our money, our time, our love. First off, that's faulty thinking because God's given us everything to us. But, but secondly, what Paul's saying here is something incredible that's been twisted over the years. Paul says, the generous get richer. And this is not the prosperity gospel. Like, the generous get richer. Richer not as the, as the world measures it in material possessions and wealth. No. But richer spiritually. Verse 10, verse 11. As we give, God will enlarge the harvest of our righteousness. As we give, we grow as Christians. We grow more, more like Jesus. And as we give, God gives us the ability to give even more and to be even more generous in all times, at all places, having all we need to be generous. In other words, we will always be rich enough to be generous. And often we don't give because we worry. We get concerned we won't have enough. In our heart, we don't truly trust God to provide for us. Well, we only have to look through the Bible and we see examples of extraordinary giving. Um, like the widow in, in, in the Gospels, or here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Because the Macedonian church, Paul asks them to give to Jerusalem like he's asking the Corinthian church. And have a look at verse 2, chapter 8, verse 2. It says this. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. We will always be rich enough to be generous because of God's lavish gifts to us. So be generous. There was always a one part of Christmas that I absolutely hated as a child. Like, I hated it. It was the thank you note write-a-thon. Like, like, firstly, we had to waste time on Christmas Day when we could have spent opening presents, writing down who'd given us what. And, 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 oh. and then... Mom had the audacity to tell us to, to take a day out of our holidays to write thank you notes. That's precious holiday time. And we had to write thank you notes. But, but actually, mom was right. Like, thank you is a really important phrase. Like, you give a present, you expect a thank you note. And that's what Paul talks about in verse 11 there. He says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 
Giving, yes, it supplies the need of the Lord's people in verse 12. In our case, the new church hall, yes, but bigger and better than that. It's how generosity and generous giving in particular brings overflowing expressions of thanks to God. A Christian scholar said this. He said, when we opt out of giving, we opt out of the privilege of meeting human needs and also deny ourselves the honor of promoting God's glory. We give generously so God gets the glory. So next week, as we get ready for our gift day, how can you be a cause of thanksgiving for John Puttock, for John Harding, for Martin Miles, or for us staff in our staff meeting on the 6th of March? Christians give generously so God gets the glory. Um, and we're going to take a break now. So I'm going to time a minute, and in that minute, why not praise God for generosity of people to you? Like maybe you've been to lunch with someone who's given you an awesome meal. Why not praise God for the generosity of that family? Or, or maybe um, you want to praise God for the people in the church who love you and care for you. Or maybe you want to praise God for the fact that this church has money to sort out windows and, and pay staff members. Um, we'll spend a minute quietly on our own praising God. Christians give generously so God gets the glory. And we also give generously because that's what Christians do. Have you noticed in verse 9, verse 9 says, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And if you follow the footnotes, the little little A in your Bible, it leads you to Psalm 112. And where there's a quote in the New Testament like that, well, it's kind of like a fancy restaurant where, where you order some wine and they bring you out a little sample to swirl around and sniff and taste and all that stuff um, before you dive on into the full, the full flavor of the bottle. Well, these quotes are like that. See, they're for us to get a little flavor so that we sample it and then go all the way back to where it's come from and get a full flavor of what's going on. And as we look at Psalm 112, well, it's a psalm all about God's people and how they should live. And it comes as a pair with Psalm 111, which is all about God and how he acts. See, the point of Psalm 112 is that God's people act like their God. God's people act like their God. So God scatters gifts freely, so God's people scatters gifts freely. Christians give generously because that's what we do. And we see that again in verse 13. See, verse 13 says, Generosity accompanies our confession of the gospel. So uh, if we're a Christian here today... uh, we give. It's what Christians do. And that includes us guys at KO2. Like, don't be like me. Um, it took me till I was at Bible college to realize that all Christians give generously. Up till then, I made excuse after excuse after excuse. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm only 16. I haven't got a regular wage. I'm a poor student. No. If you're a Christian, you give generously. Because that's what Christians do. That's the why, the big headline. Christians give generously in the mold of our generous God. But how? How? And how is this going to affect next week? Well, first off, our attitude. Um, I used to own one of these, a Nerf Vortex Howler. Right? And in primary school, everyone played with it. Like, this was the lunchtime toy of choice. I was so popular. But um, like, like, one, one lunchtime, I refused to let anyone play with it. Because Cameron Bahani, he could throw it much further than me and much better than me. So I was like, no, you can't have it. And they hounded me and hounded me. So, so, so eventually, eventually, 
I couldn't take any longer, so I storm off, throwing the Nerf gun over my shoulder, saying, Fine then, you have it! <laughs> Don't be like me. Um, that's not how our attitude to giving should be. See, verse 7, this is how it should be. Have a look at that. It says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The attitude to our giving is crucial, not the amount. A gift day isn't like church monopoly, like where next week it's like you've come having landed on Mayfair and you have to give two grand to smug vicar Phil Moon. No. No. It's a cheerful thing for Christians. Because this is how God has given to us. He was not reluctant with his son Jesus. He was not forced into or under compulsion with giving us Jesus Christ. If he had been like me, reluctantly throwing Jesus over his shoulder and then storming off, what would that say about him? What would it say about how he felt towards us? When we reluctantly give, what does it say about how we feel towards God? Christians give generously and cheerfully in the mold of our generous God. So for next week, I suggest we all do what verse 7 says. We decide in our hearts what we're going to give next week. So take some time out this week, um, uh, alone or with your spouse if you're married, and maybe spend five minutes listing all the things that you can think of to be thankful for. And then praise him for that stuff. Then think about Jesus. Then think about the cross. Think about the Son of God giving up his treasure to make you his treasure. And then, only then, think, how can I bless the Lord? And the answer has to be joyful, deliberate, generous giving. So look for every opportunity to be generous. And so if this is your church, and you you feel part of this church, and you come to this church, that might be as a one-off generous donation to the church hall using one of these forms next week. Or, again, if this is your church, it might be a regular, generous, cheerful donation to the church with one of these blue giving forms over at the back there. And you might be saying, but how much? How much do I give, Stephen? Tell me, tell me. Um, Because we often make this 10%, this tithe, the standard. But I want to challenge you as I've been challenged this week. Make the sacrificial cross of Christ the standard. Jesus Christ did not give me 10% of his blood. Jesus did not give up 10% of his blood for me. He sacrificed himself for me. He gave himself for me. So for my wallet, my giving should make a difference to my life. It should be a sacrifice. For some, I'll be, I'll be less than 10%. Some, will be more than 10%. But the standard is always the cross. And it is generosity we're talking about. So look for every opportunity to be generous. And that's not just with money. Let's be a generous church. So that might be with your time. Like, Roots on Thursdays, we're desperate for more leaders. Like, desperate. We're going to have 50-plus kids running around after Easter. Um, so if you want to help giving generously your time and your energy and your patience on a Thursday night, well, speak to me afterwards. I'd love to see five people speaking to you. That would be awesome. Or it might be with food at KO. 
or tea and coffee at the back of church, like being generous with your food and your cakes, giving the best of the best of the best so that God gets the glory. If you're not on the tea and coffee rotor, why not email the office this week and say, I want to be on that tea and coffee rotor. I want to give generously. Or it could be with a generous, cheerful love for one another after the service, so you stay around, chat to each other, care for each other, invite each other over, have hospitality, all that stuff. Look for every opportunity to be generous. And think, how can I bless the Lord? Because Christians give generously in the mould of our generous God. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you were abundantly generous with Jesus. And more than that, you're abundantly generous every single moment of every single day. Thank you so much for all that you give to us and have given us. As we think about our giving and as we think about how to respond to this, Lord, please help us to keep looking at Jesus and reminding ourselves that he gave up his treasure to make us his treasure. Thank you for that truth. Amen.